And yeah, I was, I was at the park the other day, and there was a dad pushing his toddler in the swing a little like this. An all too familiar Saturday morning sight. Efficient, I guess. Bosh out some life admin while the kid seems alright. I was at the park the other day and there was a guy wearing a red hoodie labelled support worker. With a kid who was gently trying to woo him into play but with no success. As a so-called mentor, mindlessly followed him around whilst tapping away on the two phones being whipped in and out of his pockets. I was at the park the other day and there was a granny taking videos of her beloved grandkids as they circled around the climbing frame and down the slide. Again, again, she keenly encouraged on a mission to get the perfect shots. And it was then that I noticed her cover broadcasting the visionary statement, Never Settle. That's it. That's the holy frustration, is at times these devices don't let us settle. Pulled in a million and one directions and platforms and places, feeding us a barrage of connection when we often miss out on the true connection in front of us. I was at the park the other day and there was a group of guys around your age goofing around on some basket swing around eight piled in, going ridiculously high. The hinges, they screeched, the laughs too, and I was like, yes, bring it on. Stay in this madness together. Swing high, swing low, swing high, swing low, swing high, swing low. Sweet chariot coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot coming for to carry me home. Swing low. Sweet chariot coming for to carry me home. I was at the park one glorious day, and there was a dad reveling in his beautiful daughter as she swung up and down, her face alight, his soul savoring in these relentlessly exhausting yet precious days of fatherhood. And there was a guy wearing a red hoodie labelled support worker, investing in a kid who'd lost his way, yet step by step was starting to see his potential was believed in. A different story could play out, a story that began here in this park. And there was a granny watching her hilarious grandkids as they whirled around and around, wild and free, and she settled back into the secret history of these sweet, sweet memories unfolding before her. And then I spotted a group of guys around your age goofing around in some basket swing around eight piled in, going ridiculously high, and I smiled at those little revolutionaries, the ones who bought the presents, the undivided, radical, earthy presents. Keep it up, guys. Keep it up. <sighs> so I wrote that for... um our Friday night devotion youth group. And no one said anything. Like, I didn't get any feedback apart from Kazia of Community Church. She was like, yeah. She was like, that was awesome, Helen Walton. I was like, thank you. I need the, like, encouragement right now. I had a bit of a vulnerability, like, hangover. And not that I was in it for the praise as such. I mean, maybe a little bit. <laughs> but um, I really care about 
this message of presence. I really care about it. If you know me, I really care about it. That a way that we can be a gift to our kids, to one another, to our work colleagues, to our family members, the way we can be a gift is by cultivating the art of presence. And um, I know this isn't easy. I know we can't do it 100% of the time. Like We've got busy lives to live and to do jobs to get through. But I really feel like we should be shooting it for it. And it's a way, say, in my parenting of loving my kids well by carving out these times where I can give them my presence, my undivided presence. It's a way of telling them, like, guys, you are so worthy, you are so special, you are so valued that I'm here, I'm with you, I want to be present to you. That even in the hard moments of parenting, um, in the sort of frustrating moments, the impossible moments, the boring moments, um, I want to stick with it. Um, to let my kids know that I'm spe- that they're special, but also because um, I kind of believe that, like, as we stick with those moments, that we'll grow in our character. We'll grow in our character in this mad old sort of experience of parenting. Um, the fruits of the spirit will grow in me as I stick with those moments, as I stick with persevering through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God, please grow these things in me. <laughs> I need it. Now, um, like I said, I'm speaking on motherhood tonight. And um, I've been in full-time mother mode for just over four years now. And my kids came to me through adoption, had twins, kind of, yeah, <laughs> came into my life. It was deep, in the deep end of parenting. Um and I don't think stay-at-home mom is quite the right term for it. Like, we do quite a lot of getting out of the house as a family, like we need to for, like, our sanity. Um, and, and there's other things I pursue outside motherhood too. Like, I love writing and I, I like, I'm involved in church work and youth work and schools work. And, you know, I, I'm not this, like, stay-at-home mom where I wear an apron and bake soured, like, sourdough bread and sort of plum jam, that's not me. <laughs> um, but for this season, over like the four years, I have sort of laid down paid work so I can kind of give my kids my undivided. Um, and when I was thinking about this talk and my experience of parenting, three words came to mind. Hidden, hard, and humbling. Hidden, hard, and humbling. All beginning with H. I was like, there we go. Got my badass three-point sermon. Rob Scott Cook would be proud. Um, but when I came to write it, I felt like God say, just tell your story from New Year's Day. That's it. That says it all. Just tell your story from New Year's Day. So just to set the context, so I'm, I'm telling you the story, by the way. <laughs> to set the context, um, it, yeah, Christmas season is not an easy one for us as a family. It's quite tumultuous. Like We try to strip it back. We try to keep it low-key. Um, but I, I just don't think there's any sort of getting away from the hype of the season. And, and also maybe the like deep stuff that it taps into when you're carrying significant trauma and grief. We all know that, don't we? That despite having these merry Christmas songs blasted down the radio from like mid-November, it's not always the easiest, happiest time. But as a family, there were some sweet moments to revel in and enjoy. Like my kids totally bossed their nativity lines. Uh, totally bossed them. I mean, I was stood at the back of the hall, literally like beaming and smiling as Jay, he got up and he was like, what did he say? Um, he had not expected this number of guests. It's like, yes. 
And Em, she was an angel. She marched onto the stage. She looked totally petrified, but she pushed through. And she was like, you will find him in a stable in the Bethlehem. And I was like, yes! I mean, like, this nativity play had probably robbed us of three weeks of sleep. But I was so proud of my babies. I was like, you guys got it. I love you. You're awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and, and also little moments as a family. Like, we got really into having a home pub. It just became a thing in our family. And um, Marty and Jay, they would, like, send us out of the room. And they'd set it up and they'd put out some crisps and drinks. And James loves our disco ball. So it would all be going on. They'd invite us in and pretend to be waiters. And we just got really into home pub vibes. So... So that was fun to be had over the Christmas season. I don't want to take that for granted. But there was a lot of stress and anxiety over, like, presents, inevitably. Um, lots of meltdowns. Um, and there would be long days over the Christmas holidays where, despite trying to plan it really well and meet up with friends, there would still be these long stretches of days where Marty would be at work and I'd be tired and the kids would be tired and it'd be raining I'd be like, oh my goodness, what do we do? And there was one particular bad day where I tried to take the kids to soft play and it was an utter car crash. I had to take them, take them away from, abandon ship with the soft play. It was just awful. Got back home. Nothing I could do could calm them down. It was, it was carnage. And literally it got to the point. I mean, I tried TV, everything. It got to the point where I had to take one of my kids outside the house. I'd literally lost it. They'd lost it. It was just awful. Took one of them out of the house, and I literally screamed to my neighborhood, somebody help me! Literally, it was that bad. And I'd lost my phone, hence this declaration to my neighborhood. And in this moment, I felt utterly alone and utterly out of my depth and utterly unsure of where on earth God was with me in this parenting experience. It sucked. Anyway, we survived most of the holiday, and we end up in Canterbury, to hang out with my in-laws around New Year's Day. So, so we're with, with my in-laws, and they're really lovely and patient and generous and kind and give us loads of time. And they've got a hot tub. So they're ticking all the grandparenting boxes right now. Um, but, but we still have to muddle with the sort of high, in, sort of high tensions and emotions of, uh, yeah, that the twins are carrying in this season. So it's kind of still intense, and there's lots of five, most mornings it's like a 5 a.m. wake up. So I'm tired, and we're just trying to keep the show on the road. And I think the grandparents were a bit tired too. They'd been on grandparenting duty for weeks upon end, and we we're like, hello, we're here. You just take over, but they didn't really have the energy for that. Anyway, I hit New Year's Eve, and we had a reclat with my in-laws. It was lovely, a bit of bubbly. But I climb into bed with Marty, and I'm like, Marty, I just, I just had this sort of wave of lowness that came over, and I was like, I mean, I'm not feeling very excited going into a new year. Like, so I'm kind of a feeling person. I want to be like all buzzing for like what God's going to bring into 2023, and I'm like, I'm not really feeling it. Like, we're four years into this adoption journey, and we're still really wrecked and exhausted and out of our depth and in survival mode. And we've tried really hard. Like, we've prayed our socks off. We've tried really hard with church and community. People around us have tried really hard. And yet, we're still in this place of just constantly feeling wrecked and at the end of ourselves. And Marty's great. He's a GP. He just hears me out. It's like, it's okay, Helen. You're lamenting the disappointment of the years. Okay. Anyway, so we go to sleep and I wake up in the morning. I'm still feeling a bit low. But I just decide, I'm like, we need to get to church. Marty's parents, they go to this lovely Anglican church in the middle of um, Canterbury. So I'm like, 
Guys, we're going to church this morning. I don't know what's in the plan, but we need to get to church. I'm like, we need to worship, we need to pray, we need to start the new year knowing that God is with us. But the kids are in a bit of an extra wild mood. So Marty's parents are like, are you sure you want to go to church? I mean, we could go to the park. I'm like, parks? This time of the year, they're wet, they're horrible. We don't want to go to the park. Let's go to church. So I send my in-laws off to church. I'm like, you guys go, we'll follow you. So they go off to church. I'm like, I've been told by my daughter-in-law to go to church, okay. So then they go and all hell breaks out. It's just, all transitions are quite interesting, but this is an extra interesting one and it's just mad and we can't get any shoes on feet. It's just crazy. And Marty looks at me and he's like, Helen, we're not going to church. I cannot face it. We are not going to church. We're going to the park. I'm like, I don't want to go to the park. Parks are boring. <laughs> parks are boring. I don't want to go to church. I want to go to church. And he's like, no, we're going to parks. I'm like, okay. So in the back of the car, and I sent my mother-in-law a message. I'm like, I know I sent you off to church, but we're going to the park. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. It was the kids, not us, the kids. Anyway, she, do you know what she said in response? Actually, so much more than words. She sent me a sad face emoji. So I'm there in the car and I'm like, Marty, it's your fault. We're going to church. Your mom's just sent me a sad face emoji. Anyway, it's New Year's Day. We're in the park. Feeling like zombified parents, surrounded by other zombified parents. I'm trying to stick with it. I'm trying to be present with my kids. I even go down a slide. It's good for me. I'm trying to be with them, push through it. But I'm also praying in my head. I'm like, God, I need, we need some encouragement going into this new year. This new year. We, we really need some encouragement. Could you just send me someone? Send me a Christian. Send me someone from church. We need the encouragement. We're both feeling a bit rubbish at this point. We need a, a little moment to know that God was with us. And when I pray like this in my head, I'm both in the state of agnosticism, where I'm like, I don't even know if there is a God who is even listening to me. But I'm also like, but if there is a God, he's going to send us the best. Like, we're going to get the Archbishop of Canterbury. going to bump into him, strike up a random conversation, and then he's going to say this awesome blessing over us, and it's really going to set us on fire for a new year. Anyway, two hours or so ago, we don't bump into the Archbishop, unfortunately. And we head back to the car. I'm like, how about we go to a cafe? Let's go to a cafe. Um, you know, let's redeem this experience with a bit of coffee and cake. So Marty, we sort of drags us through the like high street of cafe because he's on a mission to find this funky independent coffee shop. And we get to the funky independent coffee shop and it's closed. So we go back, back down the high street. Marty's going on about like, oh... The high street's going so downhill. I'm like, can you just stop? Stop. Trying to like push for positivity here. Stop going on about downhill high street. And we end up in Patisserie Valerie. Sorry, not an official review here, but uh, the waiter, they look a bit like, I don't know, understaffed and things. And he takes us to the back of Patisserie Valerie, seats by the toilets. It's cold, it's lacking in character. But we still just decide to go for it. Sorry, I'm just so tired. I'm trying to get this talk. Anyway, so we're at the back of Patisserie Valerie, and um, we order our like lattes and cappuccinos and baby chinos and five pounds seventy-five chocolate cake. Just one share around four. Anyway, so you know we're just we're trying to stick with it, and I've got Baby Shark in my head, and we're trying to keep the show on the road with the kids, and we find our way to some papers and crayons and. They're a bit restless, but we're like, we'll just 
our coffee and cake will come soon. And I spot a lady next door to us reading her Bible. I'm like, mm, Christian, Christian. Anyway, 20 minutes or so goes by and we're still not served. I'm like, Marty, should we just go? It's like rubbish service. And we paid £5.75 for this chocolate cake. It should have been better. So anyway, we, we leave Patisserie Valerie. And Marty takes the twins out. And I'm like, I'm going to just go and chat to that mum over there. Read it. And she wasn't a mum. She was just a lady on her own reading her Bible. So I was like, she may need a bit of encouragement. I mean, I know she's reading the Word of God and all, but she's on her own on New Year's Day, like at the back of Patisserie Valerie. So I go up to her and I'm like, what are you reading? You know, and she, she looks a bit taken aback and a bit embarrassed. She's like, um, Mark. I was like, cool, it's okay, I'm a Christian too. I was like, I haven't had much time to read my Bible over the holidays, but I hope you're feeling encouraged. Um, you know, it's, it's been a bit crazy. I, I would crave a bit of a quiet time, but go you. And, and she was like, you know, my life's about to get crazy too. I'm expecting a little one. I was like, cool, when you do? And she's like, well, actually, I'm about to adopt. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, you are so good. You're so good. So good. Uh, and I've got like two minutes and all I want to do is encourage her and be like, uh, well, I did. I was like, this is really great. This is really good news. I mean, we're, we're an adoptive family too. <laughs> this is what you're about to get yourself in for. It's crazy. It's going to rack you. I hope you've got some good support. Which church do you go to? She went to this lovely Anglican church that my in-laws go to. Um, so it was, it was awesome. It was so awesome. And, um, I left that coffee shop without my cake and caffeine fix, but just knowing that God was with us in this mad old journey. And I guess this was like a real key moment. It was a real key moment because there hasn't been any getting away from the wilderness experience that motherhood has brought me. There's been, you know, it has been hidden and hard and humbling, deeply humbling. You know, I felt so out of my depth so much of the time. And it's felt vulnerable and exposing. And we've had good days and dark days and everything in between. But I know, I know that when I met that woman at the back of Patisserie Valerie by the toilet, (laughs) I know that the resounding feeling I felt for this whole journey was joy. Joy. Um, And, you know, and and pride for our beautiful kids and the, the family that God was kind of weaving together. I knew that, like, despite all of the heartache and loneliness and exhaustion and secondary trauma, despite all that, it was ultimately good news that there was another adoptive mom stepping up to the role. Like, it was a kingdom win. And, and it just felt like such a God-ordained meetup. Like, he probably knew that we need, we both needed stacks of encouragement going into the new year, and he sent us one another. Um, so I just wanted to land this long, rambly little story <laughs> with those verses from Hebrews about Jesus being with us in the race. Because um, I just wanted to cu- encourage any of you guys here that maybe you're in your own wilderness experience. Maybe you're needing that encouragement. Maybe you've had those dark days where you're like, where on earth are you gods? Um, and I just want to pray in those moments of knowing that God is with you and that there may be hardship, but ultimately we're shooting for the joy. And um, so, yeah, I'll just pray these verses as a, I'll say these verses as a bit of a prayer. So Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen.